Welcome to the Thomas Anonymous Show with your host, Tommy Natoli. That's me. This is the best LGBTQ plus podcast featuring members and allies of the community. They share their experiences growing up, coming out, and all the fun in between. It's hilarious, poignant, and salacious. So you better buckle up, because it's going to be a truthful, sparkly ride. Hey, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, enough. It's me. I get it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am so excited today to have part two of my talk with my fellow content creator on Stereo App, the talented and wonderful Brad Creative. Today, Brad shares more of his story about coming out in Indiana, and I love his story. I love how much he shares about his family, what it was like to be gay in an unsupportive environment, and how he handled such negativity that was basically put on him every single day. I love Brad. He is truly a creative energy. There's no mistake that his name says creative. He is a bright, sparkly light, and our friendship is a great example of making connections through audio social networking. (laughs) No, it's really a thing. I thought it was stupid, but you know, we're both creators for Stereo App, and that's how we met, and we're actually going to talk about that in another episode. But you know, I... I have for sure had some ups and down with this stupid stereo app. God bless love and light. And you know, being a uh, you know a verified creator, check mark, bitch, humble brag, me. God, I'm so stupid. Um, but you know, from going to being a paid, getting paid, to not getting paid, to now being paid to how many listeners we have, like, oh God, yay, show business. You know, despite all of that horseshit, I will give props to Stereo App because I've met some really fantastic people. I've also met a lot of horrible, horrible people. But, you know, uh, I've I've met some really good people that I made a connection with, and it's really helped me connect to a lot more LGBTQ plus people in a way that I honestly was never able to before. So thank you. Shout out to Stereo. Love you. Hate you. All that. Also, let's give a shout out to my new partnership with the new streaming platform called Happy TV. That's happy with an I because it's gay. No, I don't know why it's an I, but anyway, I'm um, <laughs> I'm lucky enough to have partnered up with a new app, and Thomas Anonymous is one of the featured podcasts on there. It's also uh, you know featured in the Laugh Out Loud section, so just wanted to brag a little bit about that. Me. So do me a favor and download the Happy TV app. It's available on iPhone, Android, Roku, Amazon Fire, and it's totally free. Um, all of these episodes are on there. You don't have to go there to listen to the show. Honestly, just download the app. You know how many useless apps I've downloaded and never used? Just take one for the team, okay? Happy TV, and that's happy with an I. All right, let's get right into it. This is part two of my live broadcast of the Thomas Anonymous Show with Brad Creative. That's creative with a K. Everybody knows that. Seventeen, and I was like, "No, I'm not doing that." With no, like that was not yeah. even a turn on to me. It was just scary. It was freaky. And then when I turned eighteen, finally, I messed around with him. But that was. Oh, the that big dick guy? That. that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. But I wouldn't, like, at first, it's like, when I was, like, in my, you know, I was always so afraid of those things. Even when I was, like, you know, right fresh, when I was 18, hanging out with my friend Sean, it's like, I still would, like, struggle with the idea of just mm-hmm. the anonymous 
sex, sexuality, because I was just like, "Mm." it never really fits me because I think I was so in touch with my feminine side that I had this whole idea that it would be that easy to meet the right mate and fall in love and get, you know, have a relationship and not always is it that easy. Yeah. And I feel like you go through a lot of like a lot of sex. Like I feel like sometimes now, and I remember when I was living in New York and um, I was working at the monster bar, I worked with this amazing man named Doug and Doug was older than me. He was one of the older bartenders. And um, he used to call me because at that time I wore a lot of pleather So instead of calling me a leather queen, he'd be like, You're a pleather queen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's even better. I love a pleather queen. Okay. And so, like, (laughs) we were going home one night because we lived in the same neighborhood in Harlem. So we were going home one night. And when we were in the car, he looked at me and he was like, Why don't you, like, go hook up with him? And I was like, Well, I want to date. And he just said, he goes, honey, let me tell you one thing. He goes, in this world, most relationships start by fucking first and asking questions later. <laughs> and I was just so organic to me at that. Like, you know, I was older at that point, but it's still, I was just at the point where I was like, okay, right. okay, okay, we can do this. But, oh, you know. So, and that's what, when I was younger, I wanted, like, I had this whole fantasy that it was going to be totally different, Mm. you know, and I had my, like, but in high school, I had all, like, I had boyfriends in high school. I came out right at 18 and I came out because my mother knew, but she didn't know how to, um, well, the way she dealt with it was, uh, cause I had, I had this friend named Craig. And, well, he was a friend of a friend, my friend Kylie, who was, like, my fag hag, my best friend mm-hmm. at the time. And um, her and I hung out all the time. Well, there was this, you know how there's, there's, there's those different groups in your high school? We had actual oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. kids that called themselves skinheads in the high school. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Sounds like a great bunch of kids. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, Fuck. one of them. Well, that whole group dismantled, but Craig went to Kylie one time and said, I think I'm bisexual. Well, yeah. Kylie get, like, sw- you know, gave me his number. We switched numbers, and we ended up becoming boyfriends all during like the senior year of high school. And so oh, wow. there was one day, I, t- I was 18 years old at the time. I just turned 18, and um, I walk into the house, and at this point, Craig was spending the night every weekend. We were having full-blown, hot wow. sex. Like, I was oh, making yeah. love to this man in my bedroom while my parents were in there and had no clue. And I came in one <laughs> night after school, right? After school, I come in, and my mom's like, oh, Brad, won't you come in here? I need to talk to you about something. My mom talks like that with this twang. <laughs> I love it. Kind of like mine, but it's more of a... She'd be like, why don't you come in here and talk to me? And, I, and I'm like, I walked in there and go, yeah, what do you want? And she's <laughs> sitting there and she's all like, why ain't you got a girlfriend? And I was like, because I don't. And I left it at that. Mm. And, and then she's like, and I'm walking away and she's like, no, why ain't you got a girlfriend? And I was like, because I don't. And then she's <laughs> like, 
why don't you gotta ask me three times? Oh my and god! The third time, I was like, I don't. I just, uh, I'm, I don't have a girlfriend. I, why? Why are you? She mm-hmm. didn't say anything. And then I'm like, she asks me again, and I'm like, Mom, I just do not have a girlfriend. Why are you asking me this question? And then all of a sudden, she screams out, "Why don't you have a girlfriend?" And I'm like, because I have a boyfriend. And I looked at my mother, and that's how I came out to my mother. Oh, is I was my like, she's God, screaming drama. at me. Okay. And I'm like, because I have a boyfriend. And she might as well have just asked me that, because that's where this was going anyways. I was just avoiding it, because I knew that my parents were homophobes anyways. So yeah. I just was like, no, I'm not wanting to, I'm like, I'm not wanting to even get into that. But I swear my mother said some of the most random shit I'd ever heard in my life. I was like, wow. now it's much different where now she's more accepting of the gay community. And I'm, yeah. she's totally accepting of me and the gay community. But it felt like, so God decided to put the gay kid in their life just so they would know what it was like to have a gay child. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. That's, what it re- that's what it really felt like. And so like in that conversation, as soon as I said that to my mother, she looks at me and she's like, Oh my God, what did I do wrong? That was the first thing. She was like, what did I do wrong? I did something wrong. And I'm like, no, you did nothing wrong. And then she goes, then she makes the most ignorant comment I'd ever heard in my life. She goes, I came from Kentucky and I was raised that y'all have your sex glands in your throat. I was like, dead face looking at her. And I go, what the (laughs) fuck is that supposed to mean? Are you calling me a cocksucker? Like that, and we're, we got in a full blown like fight. Where it was like oh, after wow. that. So when I came out to my mom, I came out in school. Yeah, like my last year of school, that I was just like out. And then the the paper, the Daily Journal, which is the paper in Franklin, Indiana, mm-hmm. approached me and wanted to do an article about me being the first openly gay kid at that high school. Oh my god! And oh, I no was, pressure. I wanted to do it. I totally wanted to do the, I wanted to do it. I was all for it. Yeah. And I, and the thing is though, I was told this, if I did by my mother, if I did that article that they were throwing, my mom was going to throw me out of the house because if I told people in Franklin that I was gay, that Mm -hmm. all of my family members would be um, at risk of being killed and that oh she God. couldn't have me in her house as an open queer person. She didn't say oh. it like that. Yeah. She yeah. said, we don't want this, that home of fucking sexuality around this place. And it was just right. really painful because it was just like, my own mother knows I have this opportunity to like shine some light and be open. So I ended up passing on being in the story are getting like being in the newspaper because I was really afraid of losing my home. And I know a lot of like gay youth. I mean, we had IYG Indiana young gay here. So Mm -hmm. it's like a, it's like a youth group in Indianapolis and it has, well, it's kind of like the gay and lesbian center in a way, like the, 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 like for the kids, for the younger kids now that's there right on um, Highland. You know where I'm talking about, right? I forget what yeah. that's all called. But um, 
it's like that now, but it's like that was a place that you could go when you were young and gay and meet other people and get help. And that's those are the things I started doing after that because I just felt like I couldn't truly be myself at my house because my parents just weren't going to have it. Yeah. But I always, yeah. I always, I've always been who I am. And the thing is, after I came out to my mom, I became that kid that just said things to gross her out. Have you ever seen <laughs> Queer as Folk? I have not. It's on my have, list of shows I need to watch because people have told me about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's on the list. <laughs> okay. Well, like during um, that time, I remember like there's this scene in that where this kid is with his mom and he sat there and he was like, you know, he says to her, because I like to have sex with men. And I remember I was in the car with my mom one time. And mm. when I was like, I was still in high school. And I go, Craig's spending the night this weekend. And she goes, no, he's not. And I go, yes, he is. And she goes, no, he's not. And I go, why? Are you afraid I'm going to suck his cock? <laughs> <laughs> and so I just gave it to her so hard. Because I didn't yeah. understand why I couldn't be accepted. And I mean, yeah. now I look back and we've talked about these things and we've, you know, there's been times in my life with my mother, not my dad, because my dad never wanted to know. Like my dad for three years, he asked me one year um, why I didn't have like a girlfriend when I got, I was like 23 at the time. And mm -hmm. he asked me and I said, because I'm gay. And he said, oh, and then like a year later, he asked me the exact same question. A year <laughs> later, he asked me the exact same question. And that time around, I told him I was bisexual. And he, ever since then, has never asked anything. There's just that hope that I can be with a woman. Right, right, And it's right. still, it's, it's just crazy because that's not how it works. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know, I know. But it's, you know, so many people, like, I, this is why I love hearing from people like there. Like, because we all come from some kind of weird, fucked up situation. And I uh -huh. honestly... I think you're like so like I I commend Brad because like you you were able to even though like you had this horrible like homophobic you know message basically being drilled into you as a child mm -hmm. like you didn't let that affect you you really stayed true to who you were and and uh, so like you never like you never had a girlfriend and never had to like sleep with a girl just to you know try to be straight or whatever like that is so I mean that's hard that's hard to do I mean. I did the exact opposite. You know, I for so long wanted to be like, I tried to be a straight guy. I dated girls. I slept with girls. You know, I, I, I just had this narrative in my mind of like what I need. It was all about like people pleasing and, you know, <laughs> you know, so I love, I love that you would like say <laughs> that kind of stuff to your mom. It's like, Oh, that's what, that's what I love. So good, Brad. So good. Well, because I've just felt like the way that they were about it. And when, you know, that first initial, I knew what I was going through wasn't right. I yeah. knew that I, being told that I was wrong for who I wanted to love and who I wanted to be with. I knew it just, I just knew it wasn't right. I was just like, I, in my soul, it wasn't who I was. I was going to stand by who I was going to be. And I mean, me and her would go round and round. Like, and even like now, now we can sit down and be watching entertainment tonight and like yeah. a handsome man can come on and I can be like, damn, he's gorgeous. And she'll now say he is gorgeous. But at first, oh, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. 
<laughs> at first she'd be like, Brad, I don't want to hear about that. That's that's against God. My mother is not religious, so I'd be like, "What? Are you going to church this weekend, girl?" Yeah, because seriously. like you're telling me that like is not. Don't tell me that unless you're going to church this weekend. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Name one Bible verse, okay? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, <laughs> right. And don't name that one verse that you probably don't even know, like the bullet points. Yeah. Like, don't be telling me man cannot lay with man. It's like, okay, like, did you read that? Are you sure? Right. That, it, it, uh, but I was always, you know, though, after that, um, I went to, I took myself to therapy, though, when I got old enough. Like, I straight oh, so up good. went into therapy. And when I went into therapy the first time, like, I remember sitting there and she looked at me. Her name was Daily Valentine. Which is the greatest, like one of the best names I've ever heard. Daily Valentine. That was is her a name. great name. Daily Isn't Valentine. that a great name? Oh and my she was God. such a sweet, she was a sweet girl. When I went into, um, I went into the Gay and Lesbian Center and they asked me about who I wanted to talk to or who I wanted, you know, as far as like if I had a preference and I wanted a female to be my therapist. Right. And so I went in. And I talked to her that first time. And at the end of it, she looked at me and she goes, do you know what internalized homophobia is? Ooh. And I was like, uh, kind of, I've heard the term. And she's like, well, you're homophobic to yourself <laughs> and your community. Yeah. And I didn't realize that, that that was what has ha- what had happened. Like now I'm totally cured of all that because I worked so hard on that. But from where I came from, like literally my mother knew my whole young life. My mother was aware that I was gay. She just didn't. So she dealt with it as kind of an, like it was abusive. Like I said, I was eight years old. I was eight years old running around the table as a child. And she grabbed me by my shoulders and shook me. And she was talking to my aunt. And I'll, this is always something that's been like something I've healed where it doesn't bother me. I still tell the story because I want people sure. to understand that like when you're LGBTQIA, you come from some certain situations and home lives that yeah. treat you a certain way. And we're not given this love automatically. We have to work harder for the love because they think. There's something wrong with us. We're demon people because we want to love the same sex. And that's not true. So she shook me that night when she said, stay away from gay men. They have AIDS. They have diseases. They do drugs. Mm -hmm. They're perverts. They're pedophiles. All the stupid shit. And I didn't even know what half of it meant being eight years old. Of course, yeah. even after that, like my first, a lot of the, a lot of my artwork when I was younger, I would do like lithographs and different like paintings. And it was always like androgyny, like man body, woman head, like a lot of different right. things. It'd be like a lot of nudity with like different like poses. And I had one piece that was like all like this great, like, female like hair female face earrings and all that but it was a man on his knees with a penis and she looked at me and she she goes never 
show anyone this picture because they're going to tell you that you're going to hell. And she was like, (laughs) never show anyone who you are. And my Uh. mother was always like that where it's like, and then finally, that's why I started giving her hell because I was like, no, what you're doing isn't right. You're, you're not doing me right. And I'm not going to sit there and take it. And so like that first time I went to therapy, it really helped because I cried that whole time because I finally started telling my truth that I had held in me for years. Yeah. And internalized homophobia is such a real thing in every gay person. And, and we have Mm -hmm. to process it. And and even once you process it, like it's, it's, it's a never ending process. I feel Mm -hmm. like you still find Mm -hmm. things like, even though you deal with one thing and then you live life and then you find yourself like, you know, realizing, you know, I don't know. I can't think of a situation right now, but it's, it's a, it's a constant process because it's, there's so much hate instilled in us about ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's, it's hard to, you can't just flip the switch and be done with it, you know? And I can, I, I absolutely understand that, you know, to be, to be a little boy and told that, you know, the way you are is wrong. You know, I remember my mom crying in the car to me. We were going to the grocery store and right. my friend's mom had like called her worried about me because I wanted to be a mermaid. And because I fucking liked the little mermaid, you motherfuckers. Okay, and, and there's nothing know, wrong with that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But this mom, you know, called my mom because I wanted to play mermaids. And it and it sent my mom into this full meltdown in the car of like telling me that like, I was born a boy. I have to act like a boy and, and, and how much she wanted me to be a boy and just yeah. all this horse shit yeah. that, that, you right. know, stays inside of you for a long mm-hmm. time and totally mm-hmm. fucks with a lot of uh, how you deal with it. And then, and then, you know, I think that when you come out, I think a misconception I had about coming out of the closet was that like, Oh, I came out, I'm, I'm healed, you know, Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm open with who I am. So everything's better. And that yeah. is so not the case. No, like, no, no. <laughs> Not at all. (laughs) See, I had to realize when I got like 18 that like sexually I was afraid. I was so afraid because of that moment when I was eight years old. I was so afraid to be around gay men. And I was always afraid of getting a disease, thinking every gay man had a disease. And it's because I was told that when I was younger. So I was afraid to hook up with anybody thinking that every gay man I would ever meet would have AIDS. Like, I hate to be that graphic when I say it, or HIV. You yeah, know, no, I, you, I just thought that because that's what I was told to watch out for and that they were all perverts. And like, yeah, you know, I found myself like in those situations where like I would just be, I, but I, I was always looking for like romance opposed to, and I wasn't yeah. always finding that when I was young and getting into that world. I was never always finding that and I was always looking for it though. But it was just so strange because- it took me so long to face all of that and to understand where that was rooted and how to heal it. Cause the healing part was really important. And I will say therapy is something that everyone should have. Like if I was the president of the United States, that's the one thing I would be like, everybody mandatory therapy in this complete country, like the whole country, the USA, everybody has to do mandatory therapy. You got to go three times a week done <laughs> absolutely oh my it god yeah who i would vote for whoever that is <laughs> mm-hmm. because yeah mean, it's so essential well it's crazy when people are afraid to go to therapy and they're afraid they look down at it like it means yeah. something bad when all it is is healing it's self-help 
It's just you going somewhere to get like help from a professional to see into like where you're struggling at that time. And it's good for you. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't be afraid. You know, I (laughs) I always tell people, be true to who you are always and never let go, even if everyone is against who you are, because that's them saying, but you're the one that's living the life. You're in the body. You're in the flesh sack. You're the one that's living in that world. So you're always going to have to deal with you. So you might as well love who you are right now instead of waiting. And I think if you can't, because you go through those situations, you really need to seek help and go through it and figure it out because I feel like that's why the gay community sometimes struggles. I also think that the internalized homophobia is why you have guys who are like, you know, like you have masculine guys and please correct me if I'm wrong when I say this, but you have masculine guys in the gay community that are are saying they're not going to be with a feminine man. Oh, girl, this is uh, this is a whole chapter uh, called uh, toxic gayness. And it's basically, yeah, yeah, I fucking hate it. It is people don't realize this. And and I feel like, you know, we could talk like for an hour just on this, because this idea that we bring into the community of masculinity of like what a Mm -hmm. man is and then apply it to each other. Just a fantasy. yeah, no femmes, no this, no that. And it's like you're 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 actually projecting everything that that was instilled on all the all the bullshit that was instilled on you into your life. And I, yeah, it's 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 insane. They have these standards that are not real. And, it's not real. And it's hateful. All. Like the shit that I see it's, is just hateful. Well, I feel like that's the toxic masculinity coming into the gay community because they believe. And what's really funny is the ones that say that are usually got a lot of sugar in that tank and you're like girl that ass yeah. is up in the air right now like what are you doing with yourself and they're all like trying to walk around and act manly but then you'll see them like fag out real quick and you're just like oh girl like yes. you are a woman girl you're sitting there telling me you won't be with anyone feminine because you are a woman and that's why yeah <laughs> oh yeah I've always thought that is a really unrealistic thing to think, because I think that, like, I mean, this is just me, but I think that the action of, I think the action of, like, a dick in your ass is kind of, like, not the most masculine thing, but then I've also right. heard from other people that it's super masculine, so that's what I think, you know, that someone told me, and I got in a debate one time with one guy where he was like, no, that's really masculine to have a dick in your ass, and I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, only a real man could do that, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not, you know, when the first time you try all that, it's not the most, like, fun thing, because it's like, you gotta figure out how to put it in, and relax yeah. the, the, the muscle down there, and make it feel good. You can't just go jamming it in there like, you know, a circle oh, yeah. to the square and just pounding it out. It's not that easy. <laughs> that was, you know, that was for me. I realized how much uh, like internalized homophobia I had after I came out because I had so many, you know, fucked up theories, you know, of like, oh, well, it, you know, it's, 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 I'm, it's okay that I'm gay because I'm a top. You know, it's okay that I'm yeah. gay because like they blew me at the rest stop. It didn't blow them. Like I, I justified it with all these fucked up reasons. And honestly, right. slowly over the past 10 years, like I've, you know, oh God, I love bottoming now. Like all, you know, all, all the stuff that I was so like, 
afraid of even after coming out mm-hmm, it just takes such a process and honestly like <laughs> like like what we're talking about with how gay men treat each other you know mm-hmm. my, my me and my partner have been together a long time and we still like i still catch him in like old way of thinking you know like he'll 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 basically like call me a girl about something or mention something being feminine and i'm and you know i have to call him out and be like well why is that an issue like I'm not, I'm not a quote, a woman because I'm being emotional. I'm a human. We all have emotions. Like there's nothing that makes me a woman because I'm, you know, emotional. It's just, it's just all this right. weird baggage that, that, that we still carry and have to deal with. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I see the times changing a lot now, but we've came, it's taken a long time to get to where we are now with our community. And we still have, th- we still have, men in the community that have issues with the transgender community and the, mm-hmm. the feminine thing. And I also yeah. like, I don't like to hear that no fats, no fems. I think that that's, uh, yeah. that's so ridiculous because not everybody, like perfect is not real to me. Nothing is really perfect. No. So it's like to think that you can find the most perfect man that's, you know, not, you know, and that's just a standard that's not really fair to anyone either. But that's that comes from, I feel like also, though, those roots in the abuse that you can face as a gay child. Right. You know, and, you, and, and the, I think one of the big reasons these guys don't want to be around feminine gay guys is because it's inside of them they don't yeah they don't want to see that part of themselves that they have pushed down you know for years right. and years and years and right. i and i get that you know but like just god live free put on a madonna song and twirl around girl just do it right girl <laughs> let your hair down and feel yourself girl like feel it girl right like i finally got to the point where i was like oh no honey this mm-hmm. I find I find that whole like feeling that feminine side now because I've always been a feminine man, yeah. and so I had to try so much harder to you know it's like I call AT and T today and they're all like yes miss okay ma'am <laughs> thank you miss and I'm like they're reading my name is Brad but like yet they keep <laughs> calling me miss and I'm like oh now I just love it. Every minute, I'm yeah. like, yes. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I never yeah. Correct them. There was a time though that when I would like get on the phone with with certain companies and they would call me Miss, I had an issue. But now I just like totally embrace all of it because I feel that is, you know, I am I can be masculine, but there is a yeah. feminine side, and I feel like the feminine side is beautiful because that's where. The nurturing comes, yes. and that's where these other, um, other attributes of who I am as a person come from, and I find that to be a, a gift, opposed to it being a curse, like I once yeah. did years ago when I was young. So. And it's, it's and it like connects you to who you are, you know. Like I've. Mm-hmm. I've I've um, made a point to like do things that like I would normally like in the past like repress like you know I I, I wear I have I have this like super femi like little purple robe that like I insist on wearing and like lighting candles and doing shit like that because you uh-huh. know I was such I was such a femboy like when I was a little boy I was 
you know, kids would ask me, are you a boy or a girl? Because, like, I was just so femmy. And I spent so long, like, trying to, like, fix that. Like, I was, like, in fifth grade smoking cigarettes, hoping that it would make my voice deep. Because, like, I was so sick of, like, you know, feeling like I had a girly voice. So it was, like, it's, it's so nice now to, as an adult, like, do these, like, you know, purposely like do what I want it's 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 freeing you guys right it is freeing be who you are this is for my girls all my lady boys and girls this is for my girls all my lady boys and girls (laughs) I love it (laughs) like I'm okay with being a lady boy sometimes I'm like I'm fine with that like it's yeah you gotta have your moments my power of it (laughs) you know but I will say that sometimes I I'm still looking for like that alpha I'm still looking for, like, you know, at times I tend to, I mean, I have a lot of relationships in the, in probably the past, like, 10 years that I've had have been a bromance that turned into a sexual relationship. And usually oh, the bromance I love that. has been with a man who is, identifies as straight, but yet he gets close to me and feels, I mean, my last guy that I was all fond of and in love with was first of all he was a magician but oh yeah he fell for me hard but then at the end of it like he would started getting a little like out of himself where he would be like one day it was come here the next day was like but I'm not I'm I'm not gay and he just had a problem with being able to really embrace the idea of it because he thought that it didn't that he thought the idea of having sex with another man was taking away the idea of him being a masculine man oh my god yeah also, also from where he was raised he was raised that homosexuality in his family was wrong so yeah and and it's like, we still talk. Like, I ended that relationship when that happened because I was like, this is not good for me. But I will yeah. say, like, we still talk. I spoke to him the other day, and it was funny because I was like, well, you look handsome today. And he was, like, setting with his mom and had me on FaceTime. And he didn't respond. when she If she wouldn't have been there, <laughs> yeah. he would have responded. Like, thank you so much, you know? Right. He, wouldn't, he didn't respond. And it's like... He still sat there and he goes, okay, yeah, da, 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 da. And kind of like avoided the idea that I said he would look handsome, but he right. just looked uh, handsome that day. He was that's such a tough nice. spot to be in, to, to be uh-huh. with someone like that. Because, you know, you do, you, it's like you like them, but like you also can't be like the ambassador to gay land for everyone, you know? No, like those days <laughs> are behind me. I've told myself, <laughs> like, I love the idea because I feel like, you know, I, I have felt this that it's easier to have the romance with the straight man because they'll play ball, play basketball with you, go play video games, go do like run, go hike, do things that like boys do together. And then the sex comes later if there's a connection. But it's like with that also being said, it's, it's not a healthy thing. I figured out because not everyone with that can hang no one can hang like for the whole time you know what i'm saying like no yeah yeah there are some that like okay i'm i like this and i'm bisexual and they're secure with themselves but a couple of guys that i've dated that like identified straight at first um just really couldn't handle 
like they started feeling shame ashamed of themselves and guilty for what they were doing. But I see right. this yeah. like there ain't nothing. If it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. Why not? You know, it's like stop That's being right. hard on yourself and just live it and love yourself for who you are. There's nothing wrong with you wanting to explore your body. Sexuality is, I feel like it's sexuality can be healthy, but when you come from a place, you can make sexuality unhealthy. But our body, we are physical beings. And I just think sexuality yeah. is a beautiful connection between two people. And it's, it's beautiful. It's lovemaking. It's great. Like now I have sex and I'm like, I know exactly what I'm getting into. And I enjoy it because I know it's that moment where like that sexual connection is very powerful and very like there. It's so beautiful to me. I love it. I love it. Oh my God. Me too. Okay. I bet you do girl. We. You know, I feel, you know, this whole, um, this whole uh, lockdown quarantine, I've felt so bad for my single friends because they've just complained about not getting any ass. And here I am this whole time getting more sex than ever because of the whole COVID because you're like inside with this person. Like I've been getting cream pie, like on the regular, like it's been great. Like I love coronavirus. (laughs) Okay. Like I'm getting cream pie every day. Like I get cream pie. (laughs) I love that. I love it. I love you. You're like my new girlfriend now. I, I love you, Brad. I know. We got these bubbles, and then we'll get into some more dish. Yes. Listen, listen. If something can come out of your ass, something can go in your ass just the same. Ooh, yeah. Um. Good observation. So let's do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh. Preach on, preach on. Okay. <laughs> if it can I think go that's in, in the Bible. Something can, if something can go in your ass, right. it can go it, out of your ass. That's definitely a Bible quote, I think. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> great, great topic. Um, I would recommend looking at a documentary called Tough Guys, where it addresses the, you know, the false dichotomy of masculinity as opposed to the reality of having emotion and the nuance factors that take place within there but really good topic guys okay i'm i want to look that up because i think i've seen tough guys yeah i just wrote that down yeah thanks for leaving that message because um you know like i i i love this topic like i always i always end up talking about it with people because it's uh it's kind of like anyone in the community you know kind of like has you know a connection to it in some way so yeah Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, there's a dog barking. Okay. All right, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Did it come out? And No. Yeah, I'll have to look that. Is It's a documentary, correct? Just because I'm Googling it. I I'm think not... that's what he said, yeah. Yeah, that's what he said, but I, I'm going to have to do some more research to find deep it. Deep research. Let's... Yeah, okay, right. Get real deep. Let's pop this bubble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's going on with my two hosts? Um... I just popped in and heard the perfect thing. And I'm going to just give my spiel real quick, because at one time in my life, I was trying to be a perfectionist. And uh, everything had to be perfect. The women, everything I did. And if it wasn't, then 
I wasn't satisfied. And then one day, I got to the point to where I noticed that nothing in life was perfect. There is also a hundred percent of almost nothing. So, um, the thing about nothing in life being perfect is that you can't point to anything in this world and say that's perfect. Man created the idea of perfect and there's nothing really that is perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, and I mean, if you really want to break that down, if we go over here and we look up the definition of perfect, just so I love to read definitions, having all the required or desirable elements, qualities, or characteristics as good as it is possible to be. I mean, does that not sound like a riddle to you? (laughs) I I know. As good, even just the last part, as good as it is possible to be, like, what the fuck does that mean? That's like, I don't even know what that means. Bitch! I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm like, that's why it's like, even the definition's not perfect, because you can't understand it. It's like reading a riddle. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to keep popping. I just want to say, listening to you guys talk was so fucking beautiful. Like, it was so beautiful to see people understand that it's okay to fucking express yourself and be exactly who you are and that it's beautiful. Like, I don't even feel worthy of talking. I just want to listen. Oh, thanks, Blonde Gravy. Mm-hmm. Love that. You are worthy, though. You know? You you are worth a lot. You know what I'm saying? We are all worthy. Don't let nobody tell you any different. Fact- yes. <laughs> okay. Well, let's pop this last bubble and then get in some more. I'd be Googling shit, too, while I'm on here talking. I want to be correct, definitely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always I always got some research happening on the side. <laughs> okay. That's for sure. So, um what's the next we're, I'll let you go ahead and decide where we're going to go with this. Like is there any oh, other yeah. Yeah. Um so some other things I always like to get out of people. They're just like fun little things like cuz I have a whole essay about like discovering jerking off. Like how like I I always like to ask people like how did you discover masturbation like for me i found a condom on the side of the road okay it was an unused condom don't even like think it was the gross it was it was a brand new condom and i brought it home and like put it on and i started like squeezing it around and then before you know it like boom i blew my first load but i didn't even know like what jerking off was i didn't even know that like masturbation was a thing so like was that something you remember starting or have you just always done it I remember I was 13 years old and I ran into, like, I found the porn cabinet in my family's house. Oh, like, a cabinet. They, wow. Yeah, like the magazines and all that. And it was hidden. But, like, I found it one day and then I just figured it out on my own. And I was in the bathroom because, like, I come from, like, a upper middle class family at that time. And though we had a three-bedroom house, me and my brother shared a room. 
So I went into the bathroom that day and I like stroked one, like I stroked one out and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. And ever since then, it's like, that's, you know, and I figured out what that did. And I just, I loved it. Every minute of it. I loved every minute of that, it. But, the first time you did it, did, did you use any lube? Was it spit or were you just like dry heaving it? They're dry heaving it. Okay, good. Classic. I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just dry heaving it. There was nothing in between except like me and the skin on my penis. My skin on my hand was touching my penis and I was just going to town. And it, skin uh, on skin. Okay. <laughs> and I remember when I first figured it out, I was uh, like, I'm surprised I still have a dick down there. <laughs> I, I know, like, right? Every minute. Oh my like, God. This <laughs> like, this is bad. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah i mean it was it was once it starts it never stops it's just like it's it's an it's non-stop at that age it's just like so fun mm-hmm. what was your first sexual experience? everywhere first sexual experience well you know for me i was all over the place um because i i first slept with a girl at 16 and then i first slept with a guy at 17 my first time well, you know, before and before having sex with a girl, like I definitely had gotten blown. Um, mm-hmm. You know, me, me and my friend, me and my girlfriend had. Uh, well, she, we were just friends, and we just had sleepovers, and there was blowjobs. But like penetration happened with this girl who I was desperately trying to like just like have be my girlfriend because like I just I just that you know that status. It was high school. Like I was always the kid who. Everyone always asked me if I was gay all the fucking time. Yeah. It, I hated it. It drove me crazy. And, uh-huh. and you know, kids, kids are such little cunts. You know, they, yeah. they wouldn't, they, they would walk up to my friend next to me and be like, is your friend gay? You know, just like, oh my God. So like, I was on a mission to like, just get a girlfriend. I like, get these fucking assholes off my back, you know? And so right. I was really determined to like have sex with her that summer and um, my parents, um, I, I, at this age, I kind of went in and out of like living with my parents. But um, I was back at their house and I had the place to myself for the whole day. So I had her come over and she was like, you know, she, she was like, I, like upset about something. I think she like fought with her mom or her boyfriend or something, which was like, you know, so straight of me to not really be listening to her, you know. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I just laid there and, you know, I tried to like schmooze her, like romance her a little bit and got her to like you know be interested in like kissing making out and then she just did everything like she got on top of me she took off my all my clothes she just took my dick put it inside of her she fucking rode me it only took like a minute and a half and then i was finished and was like wow we're gonna do this all summer because for me it was like (laughs) I, i wasn't i mean i i knew i was gay but i was i was able to like you know, I didn't have a problem. I I don't know if it's just like being a teenager. I was always horny. I was horny for anything, anyone. Like, right. My dick was always hard. So like, it wasn't like I was like, ew, a girl. I was just like, yeah, like whatever. Um, and I would just think about. I, I would honestly, I would think about like her ex boyfriend. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, his dick was in here. Like, I was fucking sick. But, <laughs> but yeah, we had sex like all summer, and uh, that was my like first like real sexual kind of relationship. And then the next summer is when I. Uh, turned the tide and uh, I started fooling around with this guy Eric who was coming around friendlies which is like this like uh, it's like a Dairy Queen in a Denny's and I was yeah. working there and um, he was like you know just like hanging around a lot hanging around a lot and 
finally got me to like hang out with him and I sucked his dick in his car like we were parked in the woods and it was I was like oh yeah this is it this is this is where it's at I want to thank the always fabulous Brad Creative for chatting with me live on Stereo app you can follow him on Instagram and Stereo at Brad Creative Creative has a K everybody knows that Remember to download Happy TV and also follow Thomas Anonymous on Stereo and join me for the next live broadcast. Thursdays, 8 p.m. Pacific time, we go live with our interviews. It's a lot of fun. You can join in. You can comment. Uh, go ahead, download Stereo and follow Thomas Anonymous. If you want to send me hate mail, uh, just make sure to follow me on Instagram at... Um, which one do I want to give you? You know what? I'll give you both. I'm feeling really uh, generous today. Uh, and also, it's in the first 23 episodes. You can follow me personally on Instagram at the Tommy Natoli, and you can follow the show at Thomas Anonymous Pod. Okay, bye.